0: Hide the expression, you don't know what you don't know. Turns out many Americans don't know some basic truths about retirement. And on today's podcast, some facts that can help you make a solid retirement and an income plan. Hey,
2: welcome to Money Matters USA, the podcast devoted to retirement planning and getting in that retirement train of thought with Fred Sade. Fred is the founder and managing director of the fiduciary firm of the same name, Money Matters USA. He himself is a fiduciary and in the financial services industry for, uh, well, a long time.
0: I'll just say that, Fred. <laughs> Thank I, you. <laughs> I don't want to say
2: how long I've been in broadcasting. Well, That's decades, though. I knew that much. It's uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, um, I don't mind it. I, I don't mind getting older. I pick up a little bit of wisdom as I get older. You know, one thing you're talking about uh, is not any sign of, uh, of um, even ignorance, really. I guess you could say in, in a good way ignorance, but it's n- not knowing what you don't know. There are plenty of things I don't know that I don't know. There are plenty right. of things I know I don't know, right. but, uh, you're going to dig into some things that people just may not be aware of. And it's not a slight on anyone. It's said, I mean, we all have our own areas of expertise and that's why, right. you know, this podcast is invaluable because you give us so many things to consider One thing is, and there's actually um, some data from the Insured Retirement Institute surveying adults, just determining how prepared they are for retirement. And so you've identified three crucial retirement realities people simply don't know. Uh, One thing is Americans are just confused on how much income growth is needed to offset inflation.
0: That's true. And it's also understandable. I mean, we've had an entire generation grow up with relatively low inflation. And there was no reason for people to get excited about inflation at under 2%. Inflation is still present, but it's, it's not uh, top of mind. And people will tolerate that low rate of inflation. So people don't really have a good idea of how much money you actually need to have constant dollar purchasing power. Now you mentioned the Insured Retirement Institute, and they they found that only twenty-six percent of people could accurately and correctly identify the amount of income growth that would be necessary to offset even modest inflation, which they call normal inflation over time. And that's that's a big missing, because with that, if you don't understand the lack of purchasing power, how inflation just gradually and slowly reduces the value of every dollar that you have in your in your account, in your wallet, uh, in your in your pocketbook, uh, then when you are faced suddenly, and it's right in your face, when you see the kind of inflation that we're experiencing right now, the greatest inflation that we've seen in 30, 40 years, then all of a sudden... Uh, you start to think about, well, uh, we, will I have enough growth in order to be able to cope with with inflation? Now, if, uh, if we assume that if the Federal Reserve can eventually get inflation down to 3%, which is kind of where I think they're headed, ultimately, I think their goal is 3 to 3.5%, I think they're going to declare victory at that point mm-hmm. but at, at 3% the uh, if you had 60,000 as uh, income at age 65 10 years later you would need 80,000 just to have the same purchasing power wow. as 60 had
2: 10 years before in just 10 years you would need that much more Man, I mean, that's something to consider. All right, think about um, how long retirement could be, 30-plus years potentially. And that's sure. just 10 years of that, which means you have to have some growth built in.
0: Oh, absolutely. And mo- most people are living with a fixed rate of return. For For many people, uh, I would say the overwhelming majority – of Americans, at least 75% of Americans, the only uh, income source that they have that will provide some offset to inflation is Social Security. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal because the Insured Retirement Institute found that only 42% of Americans could accurately identify what is the average social security benefit and 40 percent overestimated the average and they say insignificant number small number underestimated well that's a problem because if you don't have a defined benefit pension plan and for all practical purposes the social security has become your defined benefit plan that's true uh, for millions of Americans. So, in 2022, the average benefit is $1,657. Now, if, if you think it's a bigger benefit, that means you have to go back to the drawing board again and say, well, how much additional do I need, which I thought Social Security was going to cover— and the other side of the coin is if you thought it was less than that but you or you really didn't know then you have to start looking at your assets and your income sources to see how you're going to actually make up for that shortfall. Now I think there's a, there's an there's an unpleasant reality that you have to at least have Uh, a working knowledge of how much income Social Security could replace. Now, currently, it will replace approximately 40% of your pre-retirement income. But if Social Security gets cut, and, and nobody knows for sure whether or not it will get cut, but if it does get cut, the cut could be as much as 25% then all of a sudden you're, you're looking at a much larger amount of income that has to come from your assets. So this makes it very important when you're looking at Social Security claiming strategies, not to look at them in isolation, but to look at them in relation to your other potential sources of income so that if you, if you interlace your, your fingers that's basically what you're looking at. You, they, are, they need to be locked together because they're not separate. They're yeah. an integral part of your Social Security. Social Security is an integral part of your uh, income strategy. So I, I'm not a great fan um, of rules of thumb saying you need 80 percent or 75 percent or whatever that number uh, is the, the better solution is to create a budget so you can actually figure out what you need, what you're going to spend money on and figure out what your spending goal is going to be. Now you need a goal and that's what the budget will help you do do but th- the goal comes first and then you have to see can I afford that? spending goal. if you can't great. if not, what can you do to reach that goal? and if it turns out you can't reach the goal then you have to start looking at the budget. what can you include? what can you eliminate? what do, what choices do you have? and when when do you, when do you want to do this you know do you want to do it now when before you retire or you want to do it after you're in retire? It's kind of hard. Uh, your, your choices are, are kind of narrow at, at that point. Yeah uh, looking at income and definitely
2: Social Security is was never intended to be the sole source, but it is one income stream. And I, I, I would think that just a, a, a visit to ssa.gov can, can clear this up. but do you find that many people either under or overestimate what they would get from Social
0: Security? most most of them overestimate what they're going to get from social security and it comes like a a, a slap in the face or you know some cold water thrown in their face when they, when they find out that the assumptions that they've been going by uh, may not be or are not yeah. accurate and, and all of a sudden uh, they're starting to look at very significant gaps, uh, that's because they don't have an, a, an income goal and they don't have a retirement uh, funding goal they're just throwing maybe they're throwing money at the problem maybe they haven't thrown enough money uh, into their retirement accounts but in any case whether they have or they haven't they don't they don't have a, a handle on on the issues that need to be that need to be addressed and and i i know i'm repeating myself but budgeting is the the, the key issue and you can start with with uh with with a with a creating a budget and and then once you know what that looks like then you're in a position to make other uh decisions the insured retirement institute Found out about about fifty percent of Americans had no idea how much money they could take out on safely from their investment accounts, and at that point, you know, you're dealing with the thing that everybody's afraid of. Am I going to run out of out of money mm-hmm. before b- while I'm still? Alive? Am I taking
2: too much, or you know,
0: yeah, yeah. Or am I not taking I'm not taking enough? Yeah. Um, p- uh, you know, the the safe since the safe withdrawal rate. It's only around in the three percent arena. I mean, a hundred hundred thousand dollars only gives you about thirty nine hundred uh, a year, and um, what the Insured Retirement Institute uh, found that um, it had only twenty eight percent of those who answered the questionnaire had any idea that uh, thirty nine hundred a year, three hundred twenty five dollars a month. Uh, would be uh, the amount that, th- that they could that they could take out. Now figuring out a safe withdrawal rate is really the beginning of, of, of the problem because you, you can either uh, take or make withdrawals from your assets or you can take income. Uh, from your from your assets. On, on the, now, one is a deaccumulation strategy; the other is not, and, and they're not quite the the same thing. So, the starting point is to figure out what how much income can I take from my assets, and either I I want to wind up with one dollar of assets in let's say twenty seven or thirty years, or whatever the longevity. A uh, target is, or I want to have a legacy, and I want that legacy to come from my assets. So then we have to figure out how we, we're going to we're we're going to get there. The easiest way is is Tom Hagner's suggestion, and and that is avoid the what if legacy, and that is if you're insurable on some basis by a life insurance policy and have the life insurance policy provide the legacy and then spend to your heart's content and mm-hmm. don't worry about the legacy. But not everybody is insurable and not everybody uh, is willing to buy the life insurance policy. So the starting point, then, is the um, withdrawal rates or the or how much income can we take from the assets? And, and we have seven calculators that, that, uh, that we use depending upon... Uh, the complexity of the of the problem. But I want to emphasize that the withdrawal rate calculators are not a substitute for retirement and retirement income planning. Well, it's a starting point to start the conversation mm-hmm. so that you get some idea uh, of where the goalposts are and what you're looking at. And from there, once you have that idea and, and at least have have a place to start from it's not the place to end because once you have the starting point then you need a retirement and a retirement income plan so you make sure that you understand what your facts are and um you understand the threats that you're that you're facing which right now uh, obviously inflation is, is top. Is top of mind, but Social Security uh, may actually be cut for the first time. It, th- there are a lot of solutions being talked about, but nothing is is happening. Uh, what should you have? Should you withdraw from your assets and have a withdrawal strategy, uh, sh- or should you have a, an in, which is an income strategy, or should you have a deaccumulation strategy? So all these things are uh, are necessary to make to make some choices. They're not they're not mind boggling, and I know people get really nervous about uh, sitting down to, to to take a look at this. But it's 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 an imperative that you that you do. Now, the, the other thing that well, that's my that's my dog. He's, uh... <laughs> he wants to weigh in. Yeah, he, he 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 thinks that this point needed to be underlined. <laughs> well, he's probably got a good point there. I think he does. <laughs> uh, uh, the my my suggestion uh, to two people all the time uh, is it, most people are, uh, from a behavioral standpoint, most people are are, are loss adverse. So you have to take that into consideration, you know when you when you're, when you're looking at, at what their strategies are are going to be. But that bring, brings me to the other thing that I wanted to suggest, and that is that you can't just have one plan and assume that everything is going to go right. You need to have two plans three plans, things may not go right. Things may go wrong. Things that you can, there are only certain things that you can control, but there are other things that you can't control. And what happens if your worst case scenario occurs, your worst case nightmare occurs? What happens if it doesn't? Well, that's wonderful. What happens if something in between occurs? So we need multiple alternatives that can help you uh, devise an, at least three plans and then see how events go.
2: Well, <coughs> that's it. And, and again, um, that's, that's something that uh, I, I know Fred, you, I, I'm, I'm thinking that you have backup plans or you have built in flexibility where at times you may need to transition to plan B or C. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or plan or even know, I've seen plan C,
2: yeah, Plan uh, C as, but,
0: as well. Um, usually, because there's some unpredictable expense, uh, and that can be could be medical, could even be a house. Yeah, I mean, you, you you saw this wonderful home that was built in 1892. You loved it. You and the wife bought it. Everything's everything's wonderful except it was built in 1892.
2: <laughs> yeah and it, it cost a fortune to heat
0: it <laughs> yeah heat it air conditioning right the electricals are are terrible um telephone is is a problem running lines you've got you know cable all over you've got uh, electrical lines and cable all over the place and it channels outside that i mean this is these are things that wasn't that built happened. for that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that car that you thought would be the last one you were ever going to buy, well, it's 10 years old, <laughs> and the rear end just dropped out. Yeah. Now what? And so much for when that being read- the last one. Yeah, hardly, uh, hardly. Yeah. And we know that used car, used car prices right now are are higher than, often, than that same model was when it was purchased new.
2: My mother and had a-, a shortage of cars. Uh, my my mother had a friend who had every new car, she would say, this one's going to see me on out. But she yeah. ended up always having to get another car. Um, well, here we go. We're, um, these are things that people uh, that Fred will go over with you because the process is comprehensive and it's also very educational. And, of course, you can set this up at 800 8188 It's 800 a very quick break, and then Fred's going to highlight some expenses that can eat into your retirement savings. That's coming up on Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now, you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. Money Matters USA. We're back at it with Fred Sade of that firm you just heard about, the fiduciary firm Money Matters USA. Same name of the podcast and of the companion video series. I mean, If you search YouTube Money Matters USA with Fred Sade, You'll see all the videos that we produce um, together. So, Fred, you and I, um, well, yes. actually, I am here to facilitate. I don't want to include me in that. You get information out. Uh, I get no information out. Now you get it out, and I absorb along with the audience here. So, you know, we're going to look at expenses now uh, that could really make a dent in our savings, and you're going to break down some of these. Uh, may as well start with the uh, the big kahuna here, major medical expenses.
0: Yeah, the Federal Reserve actually just released a, a study uh, on uh, Americans' prepar- uh, ability and their preparation to, to pay for uh, unanticipated uh, medical expenses. And they, they found that pre retirement, uh, no less than 20% of Americans have no ability. To pay for uh, medical bills that that they're unexpected and uh, un- uncovered uh, by uh, by their medical uh, plan. Now, major medical expenses or healthcare expenses—probably a better way of putting it—is uh, a big issue because the people who retire early, uh, they're not eligible uh, for Medicare and won't be until they get to age uh, sixty-five. We, we know we know that at some point. Uh, seniors tend to spend more on medical care than others and and that's their famous uh, blanchette david Blanchette article of the of the smile uh diagram where uh toward the latter part of uh, of life the older years that that smile uh, go, starts going uh up uh, again and um, that's that's where medical expenses uh, are are become significant. And on average, uh, uh, people over the age of 65 spend three times more on health care on average compared to working age uh, adults, uh, according to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So even if you think you're healthy now, you have to imagine your future self. And as you age, you're going to be different. Ten or fifteen or twenty years from now, you're not going to be the same person. You are going to have health issues, uh, or you could just simply have an injury. Now you, uh, I was just talking to a client uh, who I had seen about a, two weeks ago, and um, when I spoke to him uh, again uh, last <clears throat> last Friday afternoon, he told me he, he was in a, he was in a terrible automobile accident, and he's lucky to be alive. and so I mean this could happen mm-hmm. this can happen to to anybody men, any pretty big uh, medical medical bills, and um, he is not Medicare eligible, so uh, some of that's going to be covered by his auto policy, and then're going to have to see what what the gap is. He took a very low threshold on the auto so um he doesn't know how much he's going to be out of pocket yet. So he's only at the beginning of it. So th- this this is not, you know, an unusual sort of thing.
2: No, and um, in retirement, there's a lot of out of pocket. Now, of course, you haven't, you not even touching at this point on long-term care. So that's something else yep. you need to consider. Uh, sure. Looking at, at expenses, debt is the next. Now, is there any, is there a such thing as good debt?
0: Yeah, if it's deductible, it's good. Tax.
2: <laughs> Not much <laughs> but, of
0: know, that. No, that's true. The, uh, Congress has made it increasingly difficult to to deduct uh, to deduct interest uh, payments, and uh, you, if you if you've created that that monthly budget, and, and you are looking at uh, interest on credit cards. Credit card debt is something you want to get rid of. You want to pay that off uh, before you go into retirement. You're better off using a charge card, which requires you to pay it off. And if you can, you at least can make a settlement with them and, and, and pay it off. But um, it, it, if you if you keep living beyond your, your means and, and putting things on, on the credit card, uh, then you're going to fall behind. And you're going you're gonna to have a tough time catching up uh, because you, you're going to have to carry that debt. You're going to have to pay it. If, if you make minimum payments, uh, it, it's just about going to cover the interest. So you're just not going to run that debt down. It's also going to harm your, your credit score. And um, if you want to buy something that, that requires a major loan, you're going you're gonna to pay more uh, for it, or maybe you won't even get the loan. Maybe they want a collateral. Maybe it'll be a collateralized loan, or maybe you're going to need a co-signer, or maybe you just won't be able to get the loan. And that house that you wanted to buy, it, it, it might just be beyond your beyond your reach. So this is uh, debt is important, and it's important to to go into retirement with as little debt as you possibly can. And if you can go in debt-free, so much the better.
2: Absolutely. Now, taxes certainly don't go away in retirement, and that's another thing I know you help your clients with is good proactive strategies even before they retire.
0: That's right. Um, we spend a lot of time on on doing uh, tax analysis, and we want to see what the impact of, of different decisions are uh, pre-retirement in order to fund retirement. Um, and in retirement, how you take money from which account in which order, that's going to impact your, your taxes. The, the idea is to keep your taxes uh, in retirement as level as is possible. I mean, if you can draw just a straight line and keep them level, that's exactly what you want to do. You don't want to, you don't want uh, waves. You don't want up down up down up down. Uh, you want you want to be as level as is humanly possible. And what you pay in taxes will determine the amount of stress that's on your assets. So the more taxes you pay, the quicker your assets are going to be depleted. The less you pay in taxes, the longer your assets can survive the tax crunch. Remember, we we have a very progressive tax system. So we do a lot of work once we figure out the the hypothetical tax situation, then we we look at uh, assets and and the withdrawal patterns. In, in order to see how we can levelize the, the taxes, because we want to pay taxes at the lowest effective marginal rate. Remember, we don't have a flat tax, and all money is taxed differently. Once you turn Social Security on, you, you enter into the uh, third system of taxation that most people don't know about, until until they turn Social Security on and they get a surprise, so we want to uh, eliminate the uh, the surprise. And uh, given the amount of debt that our government is funding, uh, over thirty trillion of, of funded debt that that interest is paid on, and well over a hundred trillion in, in, in debt uh, in terms of the pro- of the program liabilities, you can anticipate. Uh, that taxes will at some point need, need to rise or, or the tax code may change somewhat uh, in, in order to generate uh, more revenue. And um, given the size of the debt, uh, there's an open question of how much the Fed can raise interest rates. So my suggestion is be prepared for low interest rates on an ongoing basis, because if the the the, bet, the betting by by economists right now is once once the Fed starts looking at the overnight rate or the ten year rate really uh, once that gets you know at around one seven five one eight five two percent two and a quarter in no way can the Fed uh, let that get beyond that because the the cost of the debt service is is so great so I wouldn't anticipate that. That interest rates are, are gonna go up uh, long term. It may go up a little bit short term, but but that's not a not a long term play considering considering the amount of debt that we have. Just another reason to understand what you would draw or your income strategies are going to be assuming that we're going to be living in a low interest rate environment for a long time.
2: Well, and as you uh, addressed in the last segment, what about fees? If you're still working 401k fees, what, what can you do to lower them?
0: Well, uh, if, if let, let's look at it from two ways, if, if we might, uh, one, if you're going to be in the 401k plan, you're going to be looking at fees within the accounts, the sub-accounts that you pick. And there may also be administrative fees or advisory fees. Now, if you work for a very large corporation, a Fortune 500, they're going to pick up the administrative fee. If you're working for a small company, they're not likely to pick up the administrative fee. They're just going to pass it on uh, to you. So, one and a half percent um, is, would be on the low side. I have seen some real small employer plans, you know, um, less than 50 employees at 25, 35 employees plans uh, where the fees go as high as five or, or 6%. Now, uh, you know, you can, you can always go to passive, uh, in, in passive funds, um, that you know that the, the advantage of that will be low fees. The disadvantage of that is you're going to ride the market up and down like a roller coaster. So you have to think your way through uh, how much of your money do you want in 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 index in index funds, or and so that that's an important decision. I, I know that people uh, frequently think that well I'm going to do index funds because it's cheap. Well, not necessarily. Uh, so cheap, especially uh, there are fees there, uh, there may be some management fees and the, and most important of all, uh, there's there's no there's no stop loss uh, in, in there so you're going to go up. yes, but you're also going to go down and then you have the problem of of recovery that that's built into that to that approach and and you really need to see, uh, how, that, how that gets gamed out and, and what the impact of that's going to be in your personal situation. And the final expense you're highlighting here, uh, Fred, and
2: we definitely live in a time of the sandwich generation, but that's yeah. caregiving.
0: Yeah. Um, I, know, I know many uh, people who have uh, both parents, some cases the surviving parent, uh, they've lived longer than they thought they would or they didn't save properly. But in most cases, it's a longevity issue, and um, they have to turn to their children for support. Uh, oftentimes, a, a parent or both parents are living uh, with an adult uh, child, and um, the, you as the adult child now have to uh, make your uh, income and your assets stretch. Now, you may get some support uh, from some of your siblings, but not all of them may be able to help. Some may not be willing to help you know there's an old 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 saying that i heard uh many many years ago and the saying goes like this what one parent can take care of five children but five children can't take care of one parent
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i i could see that in many ways yeah i could see yeah and you know the thing is
0: we're living longer but so are our parents yes absolutely i think i think you have to take into consideration that, uh, you know, that this could happen to you. And I see a lot of people who are assuming, yeah, I'm going to get this great legacy, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get this, that, and the other thing. Well, what I say to them is, look, if your parents live 25, 27, 30, 35 years, how much money do you think is going to be left?
2: Mm -hmm. Now,
0: if, if they bought, you know, life insurance, Great, you'll get the life insurance. But if they haven't, they're, they're probably going to exhaust their assets. Now we you know as, as a planning function, our, our, our firm tries to keep one asset plus social security, survivor benefit uh, for the surviving spouse. If, if we can if we can just keep one asset untouched or minimally touched, that will supplement social security. but it's not always, possible to do that. Sometimes we have to look at housing wealth as, as a way of, of, of uh, deriving income uh, from home equity. And there are a lot of different ways to do that. But uh, the, the whole view of, of reverse mortgages has changed today. They used to be thought of only as, as the last resort, not today. Uh, they, they have many, many uh, uses. And uh, they can be very effective to provide uh, tax-free income. But but I've got to say, you've got—I know I'm sounding like a broken record now, but you've got to have a budget. Mm -hmm. You need savings and investment goals, and and you need income goals, and you you can't just throw money into a retirement account and assume and hope that the future will take care of itself. Maybe it will. Maybe it— won't but you really have to be in control here and it is possible to control a number of things and this is one of the things that you can control.
2: Well, that's it and I, I agree with you on the budget. I mean you have to have something to a starting point and then something to help guide you through as, as what a road map. It's all about getting the road map and, and Fred provides that. Uh, roadmap for you to your retirement and actually through it too. You don't want to go backwards. You don't want to go out of it. 800 593 8188 is how you reach Fred. 800 593 8188. we drop a new podcast every week on Fridays, and uh, we also invite you to the companion video series. That's also Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Sade is spelled S A I D E. And you can search YouTube for that. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred, always enjoy it and look forward to getting back together next week. That makes two of us. Thanks for staying with us on Money Matters USA.